Hi, you're listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist Church Conway. These resources are not designed to take the place of a local church, but we hope they will encourage you on your journey with Christ. For more information about how you can connect with the Second Family, visit mysecond.family. Thanks for listening. We are in Daniel chapter 6, but let me ask you a question. How many of you made some kind of like New Year's resolution this year? Anybody? Am I alone? New Year's resolution? How many of you are still with it? Like you're kind of there, you're doing good. Awesome. Um, I love setting goals. I drive my wife crazy with them. I'm a very goal-oriented kind of person. So the beginning of the year, I realized I have never dieted in my life. And so I was like, man, I want to try a diet. And so I started keto. Anybody in here doing keto? I'm not alone. The first service, everyone looked like to me like I was crazy, right? Like what the heck is keto? Keto is pretty much taking everything that's good in life and removing it. Right? So like pasta and bread and Reese's peanut butter cups, like all these good things and just removing it. Um, and like, that's keto. Awesome, right? And I'm like really enjoying it. I feel better. It's awesome. But let me tell you what happened. So um, me and my wife, we love Ross and TJ Maxx. Anybody else like shop on a budget, right? Right? Just go to Ross, TJ Maxx. But they do you dirty, right? Because you go and you are disciplined. You get the shirt that you want, the, like the, the loofah, whatever you want. Like it's there. You get it. I don't know why I said loofah, right? But that's what came to my mind. Um, and, and you go and you're walking to pay, but you have to go through a maze of like stuff you don't need. And it's just like screaming at you, like licorice, a new frying pan, headphones, or like all these things. And you're like, what the heck? And then you just start putting them in your shopping cart, right? Um, for me, we were, we were going and I looked over and lo and behold, there's something called keto snacks, Right? And y'all listen, I, I love me some peanut butter cookies, or right? I love anything with peanut butter in it. And I look over and there's like boxes of keto peanut butter cookies, right? Next to those is a box of keto um, birthday cake cookies. And, next to, and like it just goes on and on, like a whole row of keto snacks, all right? And so what I do, I grabbed all of them, right? Like literally like six different boxes, threw them in the cart. Like, I'm just going to be smart with this, right? Like, I haven't had any snacks. I'm just going to be smart with this. And so we get home. My wife's eating her snacks, which is usually like a bowl of Lucky Charms or something like that. Um, and I was like, oh, keto cookies. Cool. Go and get them. And man, they're, they're not bad. They're pretty good. Like, TJ Maxx, like, thank you, right? I don't know why you have cookies, but there they are. And but the problem was my one keto peanut butter cookie turned into three. And then that third one uh, turned into the whole sleeve of keto cookies, which then turned into me not being in ketosis because I ate a whole box of keto cookies plus some of the other one, right? Like literally just eating them, just nonstop and realized I literally just ruined a whole day of being disciplined, right? And because I compromised with keto cookies from TJ Maxx, right? What does that have to do with Daniel 6? Here's what it has to do with Daniel chapter 6. Daniel finds himself in a spot as an 80-year-old man, firm in his faith, but being pressured to compromise. And what we're going to look at today is like our faithfulness to God matters. It matters. And then when we have the ability to grow spiritually mature, our small steps of devotion turn into stronger faiths where when the culture does try to make us compromise, we can stand firm. And so I'm going to challenge y'all this morning. I'm really excited, but I want to pray first, and we're going to dig into Daniel chapter 6. So y'all pray with me together. God, we love you. We thank you that we got to celebrate 
um, baptism this morning, God, in a hundred years of our church serving Conway and Arkansas and, and, and this nation and around the world, God, we're just so thankful how you're moving in our church family. But God, I pray that in these next moments that you would help us understand that we live in a culture that is um, aggressively against you and everything that, that you are, God, and that we have a mission to be devoted and not to compromise. So Spirit, I pray that you make my words clear. I pray that you move in a way that we respond. And I pray that for the person who doesn't know you today, that today that they would trust you as their Lord and Savior. God, we love you. To your sons and we pray. Everybody said... Amen. Daniel chapter 6. Let me give you a little bit of context of what's happening. Um, Like I said, Daniel has gone from um, a young man to where now he's 80 years old and he finds himself under a new king, King Darius. And King Darius is awesome because he's super organized um, in in his way of thinking and how he wants to rule a government. And so he sets up this brand new system where um, there's 120 like little supervisors and then there's three high officials. And Daniel finds himself, because um, the, the Bible tells us that he has this excellent spirit within him as one of those three high officials. Not only that, but the king loves Daniel so much that he's elevated Daniel to literally second in command over the entire kingdom. And and here's the deal, like I want you to understand, if you're a Christ follower in here this morning, no matter what happens, like the more devoted you become, the more time you spend in prayer, the more time you say no to the culture and what it's trying to pressure you to do, you need to understand the more you follow Jesus, the more haters you're going to have. Like it, it's just a given fact. Matter of fact, I want you to see um, exactly what I mean when, when as, as we look at Daniel verse four through six. Y'all read this with me. The administrators and satraps therefore kept trying to find charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom. They were super jealous that Daniel found himself in, in like the number two position. But they could, find, they could find no charge or corruption for he was trustworthy and no negligence, his talking's hard this morning, y'all, I'm sorry, or corruption was found in him. Look at verse five. Then these men say, we will never find any charge against Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the laws of his God. So the administrators of the went together to the king and said to him, may King Darius live forever. So here's what's happening, right? Um, these, these official people, they're, they're jealous and bitter towards Daniel and they're trying to find a way, like he has to have messed up in his, in his job at some point, right? His political job and they can't find anything against him. But they know Daniel because of his lifestyle and how he's lived for 80 years. If we're gonna find any fault within him, it's gonna be with his God. And so what did they do? They say, hey, let's go to the king. And this is like, um, how many of you have younger siblings? Siblings? Anybody? Cool, I got, I got six sisters, y'all. No brothers. I, I was fully prepared for marriage, right? <laughs> but I have two younger sisters who used to do this kind of thing to me where they would go to my mom and like, hey, mom, mom, you're so awesome. Donnie did this, right? Like they would snitch on me. We see the first kind of like kiss up snitches here in the Bible. They come to King Darius and they say, oh, King, live forever. King, you're so awesome. King, you've been working out. You've been doing some push-ups. King, I see you. I see you. Hey, and then, and they start developing this plan against Daniel. Let's look at their plan. Verse six. So they went to, together to the king and said to him, may King Darius live forever. Your haircut looks so good. Verse 7, all the administrators of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, advisors, governors, have agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce a law that for 30 days, anyone who petitions or prays to any God or any man except you, the king, 
will be thrown into the lion's den. Therefore, your majesty established this law and signed the document so that as a law of the Medes and Persians, it is irrevocable and cannot be changed. So King Darius signed the law. And, and so what did they know? They knew like if we, if we come and we attack Daniel's faith, he will eventually fall. And so what we need to understand is although we are not Daniel living in this time period, we are living in a time where our culture is against God and against us following God's law. And, and that should be no surprise to us. This isn't a, a, a left and a right thing. It's not a political thing. This is a spiritual warfare type of thing where the culture in this world has always been against God, always been against God's people, and will always be against us. The world does not want us following the creator and what he has established throughout the scriptures for us to live out. It, it should not surprise us. This has been going on since sin has entered the picture. Our culture wants us to compromise in our faith. And so they sign a law, the king signs a law. No one prays to any other God for 30 days except to the king or they get thrown in a lion's den. And y'all like, listen, you might not have a group of haters like trying to get you like thrown into the zoo with the, with the lions, right? Like that's not my, that might not be you, but man, you better believe that the moment that you look at your phone, the moment that you watch the news, the, you read the articles, you do all these things, like the culture is pushing you and pushing you and pushing you to, for you to become your own God, for you to do your own thing, to compromise and being a devoted follower of Christ and just go with the flow. I mean, the moment your eyes open, believers, it is spiritual warfare. War is on and popping, and we have to understand that. Our culture is pushing us not to be devoted to God, but to uh, be devoted to ourselves. Culture always pushes us to, to compromise in our devotion to God. And, and so literally it might look uh, in a way with you and your coworkers where, where you have taken a stance on, on not getting drunk and your coworkers say, hey man, let's just go get a little bit buzzed. Or you've set boundaries in relationships and, and, and because of your purity and your holiness, you've set these boundaries because you want to glorify God and the relationship is pressuring you to go a certain way. Or, or, or it might look like it within a marriage where you guys are, are, are devoted to church, but then the weekend's calling you and we can just miss one weekend because we, we just need to relax a little bit. Or it might be in your retirement. Daniel's 80 years old in retirement and it's the pressure of the culture. Man, kick back. And you don't need to serve. You mean let, 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 let some young puppies serve. The compromise continuously try to sneak in and, and, and distract us from, from literally pursuing and being solid in our faith with Jesus. Daniel, like think about this. Daniel 100% could have compromised. He, he knew the law was signed, right? He knew what, what was on the line. And if Daniel, like he could have I don't know if you thought about this. He could have just prayed silently. You ever think about that? Right? He could have been like, cool, I don't, I don't want to face the lion's den. So I'm just going to pray silently, right? Uh, does God hear silent prayers? 100%. He could have compromised. Like, I'm just not going to be super vocal. Like, I'll just, I'll just pray to myself. He could have done that. He could have done what, uh, for some reason, some groups of Christians think this is the way to handle things. Um, but he could have like gathered a massive group, you know, because he had influence, a gr massive group of people and like rushed the kingdom halls and protested and canceled cultured the king and the law, right? Or, man, he's like, he could have been like, dude, I've been praying for 80 years. God, I'm just going to take a 30 minute, a 30 day break. 
Like 100%, like he, he could have compromised in this. But what you need to understand is that one small step of compromise will lead to a lifestyle that you eventually regret going down. One, one little flirt outside of marriage will eventually lead into cheating if you're not careful. One, one small step of, of compromising as a business owner and you cut corners leads to you having literally like just ruined everything that God helped, build, helped you build. One small compromise and man, we're just gonna take one week off. That one week of church leads into, man, we haven't seen you in a month. And like, like our community misses you. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? Like, if you're with me, say I'm with you. Where we're like, man, oh man, I woke up late this morning, so I didn't have time to get in the word and pray. And that one day turns into like three days and that three day turns into a week. And all of a sudden you're like, hey bro, where's my Bible at? Like, you don't even know where it, where it is. Like compromise works this way. And one small compromise, man, leads to, um, um, leads to sin. And that sin, the Bible tells us, always leads to death. Always. And so what did Daniel do? Look at verse 10 with me. As he's facing this situation, verse 10 says, When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in it, upstairs room, were open toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God. Look at this phrase. Just as he had done before. Y'all, that phrase, I cannot get out of my head this week, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But for three days, he just, uh, for, for three times a day, he just prayed for 80 years of his life. He spent time pursuing Jesus. And now in this, or God, sorry, God. And, and in this moment, he knew what he was facing. He knew that, man, if I do this, if I pray and they find out, I'm gonna lose credibility with the king. I'm gonna lose credibility in, 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 the, in the government that I've been a part of for this, this amount of time. More importantly, I know I'm going to be thrown into the lion's den. This is my death sentence. And what he chose to do, knowing all of these things, this is so awesome. He didn't choose to compromise and pray silently. He didn't gather his friends and go storm the kingdom halls. He didn't stop praying altogether and take a little break. What did he do? What he's always done. Sought God through praising and prayer. Y'all, this is the type of Christianity our culture and our world needs right now. The type of Christianity that says, I don't care what I might lose, I'm gonna stand firm in my faith and my devotion to God. So come, whatever it is, whatever it may be, I might lose my friendship because my friends wanna go a certain way and I wanna follow Jesus. I might have to end a relationship. I might have to fix my business. I might have to repent and do all these things. I might literally be faced with the death sentence, but I will not budge because I love God. This is the culture, the Christianity that our culture needs today. Not some off-brand Christianity that bows and gives in to compromise. The culture that we're in, y'all, and like, listen, our culture watches us. They watch us. Our devotion, your devotion, and your faithfulness to God matters. It matters. It matters to God. It matters to the people that we are around. And, and so the question is, like, how do we become this type of Christian that stays so devoted in the face of opposition when we're being tempted to compromise? Like how, how do we become this type of, this, this man and this woman of God who, who, who stands firm in devotion? Well, if we, if we look at Daniel, 80 years, right? 80 years old, being devoted, praying three times a day as he's always done. Y'all, that's a big deal. 
And, and what might seem like a small step that really doesn't matter, like prayer is a big deal and it matters, but like, like sometimes, uh, if, you're, if we're being honest, sometimes it feels like man, we're just praying. And but like, I want you to understand, those small steps of obedience leads to a lifestyle of faithfulness and that lifestyle of faithfulness leads to you having this big, bold faith that empowers you to say no when the world's trying to sway you a different direction. Small steps of faithfulness and devotion and obedience builds you up. It builds this, this faith and trust that you have, right? I, I think sometimes we, we even forget the power of prayer. Some of us, we, we go to McDonald's and we order an extra large Big Mac and French fries. We go home and we pray over it. And we pray this prayer, God, I, I just want to pray over this food that you bless it to the nourishment of my body and my body to your service. Right? Prayer is powerful. That ain't going to change what a Big Mac is. It ain't going to nourish your body for anything. Right? Like, like we pray that. Right? Like that sometimes that's the only prayer we pray. It was over our Big Mac to nourish us. And God's like, if you wanted that, eat a salad. You know what I'm saying? Like prayer answered. Prayer is a big deal. Being spiritually disciplined is what helps us grow into the men and women that God wants us to become. And I want you to see like what happens next because what, what I don't want you to think and what sometimes is preached and it's a false type of preaching is that when you do take these steps of obedience, when you do take small steps and you spend time in prayer and you spend time in the word and when the spirit says talk to that person and you do it and, and when you are feeling convicted and, and being tempted and you say no, like I, what I don't want you to think is that when you do those things, that equals no hardships for you. Or that equals you getting everything that you want. Or, or that equals like sunshine and butterflies constantly. That's not what the Bible teaches us. But it matters. And I want you to see how it matters. Look at verse 11 through 13 with me. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. So they approached the king and asked about this law. Didn't you sign a law that for 30 days, any person who petitions any God or man except you, the king would be thrown into a lion's den? And the king answered, um, as a law of the Medes and Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. Then they replied to the king, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, has ignored you, the king, and the law you signed, for he prays three times a day. Y'all don't know about you, like I'm, I'm not from Arkansas, all right? I'm from California. We have a saying in California. Uh, I'm sure it's in Arkansas as well, but this uh, saying in California, it goes a little bit like this. Um, snitches get stitches. Y'all got that here in Arkansas, right? Someone told me in the first service, hey, we got that. But uh, there's another phrase in Arkansas, snitches get stitches and find themselves in ditches. I'm like, dang, <laughs> Arkansas, y'all don't mess around out here, right? Like y'all don't mess around. But like we see like the first snitches in the Bible right here where they find Daniel praying. They go to the king. Oh, king, you're awesome. Haircut, buff, looking good. Hey, didn't you sign a law? Anyone who prays, you're putting them in the den. The king goes, yes, I am awesome. And yes, I did. And then they go, Daniel is praying to his God. Daniel is praying to his God. And I want you to look at the, the response of the king and, and, and just kind of show you what compromise leads to. Look at verse 14 through 15. As soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased. He set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver him. Then these men went together to the king and said to him, you know, your majesty, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no law or ordinance the king establishes can be changed. 
Y'all need to understand that what this is saying is King Darius, man, he was tore up. Darius loved Daniel. Literally made him second in command. But Darius, not in, in a way of faith, he, wasn't a, uh, he was a pagan king at this point. But just even as a king and as a man compromised in what it meant to be a good king and allow these guys to come in and persuade him to do something he knew was wrong in the first place. And I want you to understand, if you're taking notes, write this down. Compromise always leads to regret in every area of your life. Spiritually, financially, marriage-wise, friendship-wise, compromise always leads to regret. Because when you compromise in, in faith and, or, or when you compromise in the area of sin, it leads you to making decisions that you are going to regret. And it, and it always was like, there's, like I said, not a believer, but compromising what it meant to be a good king. He allowed pride to get in his way. And, and, but what's awesome is like, we know the story. And, and, and this, po- this point in the story is, is this really rad way to see where God's faithfulness, the true point of Daniel 6, but our devotion to God slam together and make this impact that changes an entire culture. And what I want you to understand is, is, is that like, we, we know that our devotion matters, but that shouldn't make us feel a burden and a weight. It should change the way we think about how we live to where now we have an actual mission. So look at verse 16 for me. Verse 16 says this. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. Y'all, that, that phrase from a pagan king should give you goosebumps. May your God, whom you continually, continuously serve, deliver and rescue you. Like Darius, this pagan king, but I, w- I want you to understand, because of how faithful and devoted Daniel was to God, it planted these seeds in Darius' mind that maybe this God that he's so devoted to does have the power to actually rescue him from death. So like Christians, I'm specifically talking to you. If you're with me, say I'm with you. Well, even if you weren't, I was going to say this anyways, all right? Our culture that we're in, that's against Jesus, against the Bible, against us following it and living it out, whether they're aggressive with it or just passive with it, the culture and the people around us watch us. Like they do. They, they watch how we respond and what's happening in the world around us. They, they listen to how we talk about other people and how we talk to people. They, they, they watch us as, as we maneuver through temptations and, and, and what culture is doing and it's kind of going with the flow and they watch us when we take a stand. They, they watch us and what's happening is whether they're aggressive against God because there are some people who are just, they're not going to be believers. They're aggressively against God. Some people hate God. They hate Christians. They hate the church. Or they're passive and they just don't care. Both people watch us. And whatever we, however we live, however our devotion is to God, how we compromise or stand firm paints a picture of Jesus, the church, and this whole gospel that we say we believe in. It paints a picture. And, and so like, I, I, I want you to like be clear. I'm, this is a we kind of sermon. I'm not preaching at you. This is something I need for myself. 
but this shouldn't, like, it can easily become something like, well, man, everyone's watching me, and we just kind of cowered in, and we don't do anything. That's not what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to say they're watching what a bold mission we have to paint an actual picture of God's grace, love, and mercy to those around us. That if they watch us, then we can display God's grace to them. When they listen to us, our words can be seasoned with salt, the Bible says, and literally lead them to Jesus Christ. Us being devoted can prove, no, like God is good. Or us compromising can paint a picture, man, I really don't believe what I'm telling you I believe in. If you're with me, say I'm right here. Y'all, we have a mission in this culture they're watching. In our devotion and our faithfulness, they matter. Daniel lived so faithfully, 80 years, right? I know some of you are like, 80 years, that's a long time, right? Others of you in here, you're like, oh, I remember 80 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, 80 years. Daniel lived so faithfully that even this pagan king goes, man, your God, I, I, like, I hope he can do it. I've heard and I know and I've seen and God, I, Daniel, I, I hope he delivers you. And guys, we know the rest of the story, right? If you don't, um, I'll tell you what happens, right? Um, Darius throws Daniel in. They roll this massive stone across. I never really understood that other than they don't want to see what's about to happen next, right? They, they roll the stone over and King Darius literally um, can't sleep. He's, he's up all night fasting and, and kind of freaking out and he feels guilty because, man, he, he knew he messed up. He compromised. But I want you to check out what happens. Look at verse 19 through 20. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, once again, listen, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lion's den? Like as soon as morning hit, Darius runs to the pit and he's yelling out, did your God serve, like the God that you serve, did he save you? Did he deliver you? And look at Daniel's response because it's so savage. I love it. Daniel spoke with the king. May the king live forever. My God sent his angels and shut the lion's mouth and they haven't harmed me for I have found, been found innocent before him and also before you, your majesty. I have not done harm. Like like, was that, what a powerful miracle moment that we have here, right? And you know, like, I, y'all know and you understand, like, I'm the college minister, so my brain works a little differently. That's why I'm a college minister. But have y'all ever wondered, like, what actually happened in the den? You ever have, like, we know the Bible says, like, the angels shut their mouth. But like, what do you think Daniel did that whole night? Y'all, you ever think about that? Like, do you think Daniel was, like, trying to pet it? You know, like, like good kitty, right? Like, um, Lucy and I went horseback riding with Jerry Spurges, uh, one of the deacons here. And like, like I've been horse riding out from California, right? But I'm a ghetto cowboy. I've been on some horses before. I've been on enough horses to know I don't trust them, right? And like when, when Jerry was holding my horse, I had like helped me get saddled up. I, I, made, I inched my way to that bad boy, right? That dude's powerful, right? So I wonder if Daniel was like inching or if he like peed on himself and like stayed in the corner. Or, like that's just where my brain works, right? Um, sorry I said that, but... I've always wondered, like, what did Daniel do, right? Did he cuddle with it? I don't know. Um, little laser pointer, right? I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, Daniel came up out of that pit, and I want you to see what the Bible says in verse 23. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed. Y'all, let's get this phrase. For he trusted in his 
God, for he trusted in his God. Believers, listen, if you get anything from me today, I want you to get this. God's faithfulness doesn't change based on our circumstances. God's faithfulness doesn't change based on our circumstances. God is faithful. You can trust him. Why? He is God. He is over all things. And if you want to become a godly man and a godly woman like how Daniel was godly, it's more than just praying three times a day, even though that's super important that you spend time in prayer, that you spend time in God's word, that you spend time focusing on being obedient. But if you want to become a a type of Christian that changes the culture, who can stand firm in, in the face of opposition, in face of a death sentence, and stay firm and committed and devoted to God, it has to come through you trusting in who God is with your entire soul, heart, mind, and strength. You trusting that God is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. Daniel wasn't rescued because of the fact that he prayed every day, even though that's an awesome thing. And prayer is important. His trust wasn't in the fact that he prayed or his trust wasn't in the fact of who he was. Daniel was a stab, a second in command. That's not what rescued Daniel and that's not what he put his faith in. His trust was in who God was and what God can do. Now listen, I'm not gonna tell you that like if you take this stand in faith and, and choose to, to not compromise and choose to be different, not to go with the flow and to be devoted and take these small steps of obedience and small steps of devotion that, that your life is, is just gonna be perfect and that you're never gonna be thrown into a difficult circumstance. Why am I not gonna tell you that? Because Daniel was literally in the den. Daniel was literally in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego literally thrown into the fire. Like I'm not telling you, like there are some um, false preachers that will tell you the more you're devoted, the more like life it gets good. I'm telling you that's probably the opposite. But I'm telling you that when you are put in those situations, you won't be alone. That God is with you. He is over all things. And even in the face of opposition, literally some of us, you will be faced with Jesus or lose a, a friendship. Jesus or lose the business that you built. Jesus or lose uh, um, uh, literally your life. And I'm telling you, when that moment comes, because it's going to come, you can trust God. He is faithful. You don't have to compromise. Be devoted and trust that God, one way or another, will rescue you. Your rescue might not look like Daniel's. Like I said, you you might lose things in this world. You might lose your life, but praise God that the ultimate rescue happens when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. We repent of our sins. We surrender to him as Lord and King. The greatest rescue happens when we die in faith in Jesus and we open our eyes to see Jesus Christ and spend eternity with him forever. That is the ultimate rescue. Everything else that we could have compromised for pales into comparison of the rescue of what heaven will look like being with Jesus for all of eternity. That is the ultimate rescue. That is the ultimate rescue. And listen, like I'm I'm telling you, 
like us. I'm not, this is not me preaching at you. This is us. Like we have an awesome mission. Because I want you to see what happens next. Our faithfulness and our devotion can help lead others to God. Um, it's not going to be on the screen, but verse 24, um, Daniel's out. Um, Darius, you know, they're celebrating. It's awesome. But they, in verse, in verse 23, um, 24, um, they take all the, like the officials and people who like snitched on Daniel, right? Set this whole thing up. They throw them, their family, and their kids in the lion's den and like they get ate up. We don't teach that in Sunday school, right? We kind of skip over that part for some, some many reasons. Um, but snitches get stitches and wind up in ditches. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's that. But I'm, I'm gonna read to you. It's not gonna be on the screen. I'm gonna read to you Darius's response to all of this. Remember, a pagan king and how we see God's faithfulness and, and, and our trust and devotion to him slamming together to make a culture impact through the kingdom of God. Let me show you, let me read to you what it says. Then King Darius wrote to those of every people, nation, and language who live on the whole earth, may your prosperity abound. I issue a decree that in, in all my royal dominion, people must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his dominion has no end. He rescues and delivers. He performs signs and wonders in the heaven and on the earth, for he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So then Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. I'm going to have the worship team come up, but listen, like, this pagan king, and I hope you see the theme throughout Daniel, <laughs> this, this ongoing theme where this pagan king recognizes who God is. And, and it's through this, this faithfulness and devotion of, of Daniel for 80 years is pursuing God, doing the right thing, not bowing to the culture's pressure to make him compromise, but standing firm in, in his convictions. Through that, this pagan king seeing the devotion of Daniel and then the faithfulness of God to rescue the way that he rescued ultimately leads to this king acknowledging, man, this God of Daniel is legit. This God of Daniel is legit. Listen, family, like our faithfulness and devotion can help lead others to God. But our compromise and faith in sin can lead people away from Jesus. And, and so here's my, my call to action. There's one thing I just couldn't like um, shake as, I was, as I've been preparing for this. Um, when Daniel was faced with opposition, right? He's faced with this pressure to compromise. Verse 10 says that he just did what he's always done. He just went and sought the Lord. He just went and prayed, right? He just sought the Lord. And, and so like, obviously I, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you, hey, you're Daniel facing your lion's den, right? That's like, that's ridiculous. You're not Daniel, and we don't do that, right? Like, that's illegal. We don't throw people in the zoo in the lion's den, right? But let me just like ask you, if this story was written about you right now, in your devotion to God right now, your devotion to prayer and scripture and, and walking in obedience and sharing the gospel and, and written about you and how you fight sin or, or you compromise, what would verse 10 say about you? It said that, that he went and prayed just as he's done before. Let me ask you, like, what, what would that verse say about you? And, and, and when they faced opposition and things got hard, they turned to money to save them just as they've always done. 
or, or when they felt the pressures to, to, to find satisfaction outside of Jesus, they turned to what they've always turned to, sex and pornography, to make them feel safe, just as they've always done. And, and when times got hard and they, they didn't know what to do and they were, they were, they were being pressured to, to give in, they, they relied on their own power and wisdom to fix the situation just as they've always done before. And I mean, I can go on and on and on, but my question is like, when it comes to your devotion, what would this verse say about you? And like I said, this isn't meant to like beat us up. This is meant to, to give us this new fire and passion to move forward in our faith with God, to, to take those small steps away from compromise and away from sin and start taking steps towards being faithful to serve God, to love God, to pursue him. That's called spiritual maturity and spiritual growth. And that's what we need. And so believers, like, uh, we're about to spend some time in responding in prayer, but is there an area in your life where you have been compromising? Whether it be sin or, or devotion, is there an area in your life where you're just compromising? Like, like, don't rush past that conviction. Push through it. Repent. Repent and, and tell God, God, I need strength to, to, to be firm like Daniel in this area of my life. Thank you for listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist. We hope that we will see you in person this next Sunday. To find more information about service times, location, and ministry offerings, visit mysecond.family. Thank you for listening.